Another edition of the Brisbane Football Review here this rainy Wednesday afternoon. It's James Scott and Adam here with you, as per usual. The lights are on, and uh, well, I would say we've had a very relaxing international break, but thanks to NPL and FQPL and everything, there's no such thing as a relaxing weekend at the moment, is there, Adam? No, no, it's uh, been football, football uh, galore, except no A League, which is very, very strange. Scott? And no internationals either. But before we start, I believe this is after 103, is it not? It is. Which is your 100th, is it not? Oh. It is. Where's my commemorative cap? When I get mine, I'll, you can get one as well. <laughs> oh, there we go. Adam will have to wait. Yeah, no, mine will be sometime next season. <laughs> Hang on, now I'm just trying to work Yeah, you've notes. only missed three. Yeah. I thought I only missed two. I'll just take it, all right? We didn't all do right. it last week. Anyway, yes. So we're back in our regular uh, recording date and time, and because we've had a, uh, well, international break, we're a little bit more free-flowing today, yeah. and I think we're going to try and go as far through as possible without any breaks, so... Brace yourself, my attention span will probably run out around about the half hour mark. <laughs> that's mine will go about ten minutes from now, so Oh that's comforting. Yeah. So Adam, Good to know, it's isn't like it? you're carrying yeah. us. It's about the only time I'll probably win a marathon against at least against you. <laughs> <laughs> oh please, I've only run four. <laughs> Humble brag. And anyway, let's get into it. Um there's no A League to recap, obviously, because there was the international break and while the Socceroos weren't in action, there was an under twenty three yep. tournament which we'll get on to a little bit later. But let's start with a couple of uh, news stories which have made headlines lately. One from Marco Monteverde and one from uh, Ed Jackson. Starting with the Courier-Mail, Marco, Robbie Fowler could be appointed Brisbane Royal Coach as early as next week with Marco Kurtz reportedly no longer in the running. Well, first of all, those last six or so, seven, six or seven words really are disappointing to me because I was really coming around to the idea of Marco Kurtz being a Royal Coach next season. I think so as well. He was certainly one of the more favoured coaches in the running. I think he's now looking likely to be the Melbourne City coach, given the fact that Warren Joyce is probably going to be leaving there. So that seems to be his home. And it is unfortunate for the Royal because he would have been a really good fit, somebody who's done a good job down in Adelaide, building a squad of players from around the area, young players, and he's got them competitive. So it wouldn't have been a bad hire. This also was a week ago, so this whole by the end of next week thing is... Actually, getting pretty damn yeah. close. My other point as well, though, if you know before the name gets suggested, suggested, I'm not that keen on the idea of uh, Warren Joyce if he becomes available, just solely because I tried to make it, uh, you know, tried to make him laugh in that press conference after the FFA Cup this season, and he just looked tired and like he didn't quite get the job. Mind you, we were all tired and cranky after that game, so and <laughs> yes, also worrying, you know, for uh, Luke Bratton's health. But um, yeah, look, uh, the, my take on Marco Kurz is I just wonder if feels ever in contention. Yeah. I think I, I sort of, you know, even though, you know, sort of the whole thing in Adelaide where it went pear-shaped, I, I question whether he was ever really seriously looked at, whether, you know, he was just using the Raw as an excuse to try and sort of get, gain leverage on on um on Adelaide and it, that sort of backfired when they said, "Well, we're not re- re-signing you." So, I, I just I just wonder if he was ever in the rain, but it would have been nice, and it would have made that uh, Anzac Day clash just even more mm. phenomenal if yeah. Marco Kurtz was potentially to be knocked out of the finals with his current team by his future team. Yeah. Yeah, it does just seem like it's a case of a coach is leaving one job, there's another job open. Of Let's course he's going to go. It's like yeah. the um now that the Adelaide job is officially open, the um, Aloisi brothers have been linked to that job. That just seems like 
what, coaches the leave one hundred and seventy seven. Exactly, time. coaches leave one job. There's another job opening. Of course, they're going to go there. And I think that don't think they're going to, but it just seems like that's the way it's gone. And the Marco Kersing came about the same way. So it's nice that John it probably was never in the running, but John Lewis has joined the um, perennial, you know, you know, uh, well, the what am I trying to say? The sort of the, the normal uh, musical chairs as far coaching as coaching merry-go-round. Yeah, merry-go-round's the yeah. one I'm looking for. That being said, though, like. We'll, Move on to John Aloisi quickly, and also, I honestly think his best place would be in the Fox Sports or up to Sports Studio. I've seen him yeah. doing some Champions yeah. League stuff, and I actually really enjoy watching him there. So he's on, is he actually on the Optus Sport coverage of the Champions League? Because he can't actually have the yeah, he's on the couch. Okay, uh, okay. like uh, pre-game. I wonder where he'd been to. Okay, and I'm fairly certain as well. You know, based on some of the comments from yeah. guys like Adam Peacock, yeah. he's probably got you know an open spot on Fox yeah. if he ever wants to get. Well, while we're talking well. about him, I do believe he was also linked with the Wellington job if Mark Rudan does leave for Western Melbourne, although that seems well, like it's probably not Ross, going to happen Ross now, Alwissi but he's been linked to jobs, so... With, um, with Wellington, so if, yeah, if Rudan was to was to, to leave, um, yeah, look, you, you wouldn't put it past that, you know, at least one Alawissi might be in the running. Oh, you know what, I kind of want John to get the Adelaide job and Ross to get the Wellington job, just so we can uh, have those two going at it on the sideline. You know they're a package deal, you buy one, you get one yeah. free. Oh, not free, but close enough to. <laughs> you buy one, you got to take I, the other one. Don't, I feel don't, like, don't the raw wishes yeah. that case. I feel like uh, Fair Work might have something to say about Probably true. Anyway, on to Robbie Fowler. I It's one of those appointments that I look at and think, you've really got a lot to yeah. prove with that. It does seem like it's inevitable now, doesn't it? There's no other names mentioned anymore. The previous coaches mentioned in the initial report from the UK are no longer in the running, it seems. There's one person in the in the running, and even though he's never coached a team in his life, it seems like he's going to get the job. And I kind of go back to where I was with, you know, Aloisi at the start of the season, or moving, like, yep. or a third of the way through, where I was like, look, I honestly think the Raw could do, a, like, could find a better coach, but, you know, if they hire Robbie Fowler, I really do hope it works out. Just, just, I'm going out on a limb there and saying, whether they hire Robbie Fowler, Carl Robinson, or... Yep. You know, even Warren Moon or Ben Khan. Whoever they hire, I want them to do well. Mm. Now, I, I don't think Robbie Fowler really has the... I was going to say Robbie's... Yeah, I was going to say the cachet, but experience is a much yeah. better word for that. I honestly just don't... I don't see a likely scenario where this time next year we're sitting here going, Robbie Fowler was absolutely the right choice. Oh, look, uh, I think... Adam, the Everton fan? Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? And for me, I, I tweeted out when, you know, these announcers saying that he's a, he's a likely choice, that, you know, as an Everton fan, this is like almost my worst nightmare. But, you know, I look, I'm professional enough to put that past and say, you know what, you know, that doesn't, doesn't come into it. My, my, my main concern has always been that this is just such a gamble by the Raw, given the situation that the club finds itself in, to go with a... With a um, with a coach that has had very little experience. And look, at the end of the day, you know, yeah, Robbie Fowler has a name, and maybe that's the thinking behind it. But it, it, like, I'm not going to say, oh, the club is wrong for doing it. I just think it's a hell of a gamble. And you're right. I don't know. I'm not confident in 12 months' time. We'll actually be saying one or two things. We'll be saying, oh, it hasn't worked out with Robbie Fowler. We're still in the same spot where we were 12 months ago. Or we'll be saying, oh, Robbie Fowler's taking a job at Yeovil or you know some League League Two team because he's had a good season with the Raw. So and where and the club is going back in the same spot it's been. If we're going for you know another ex-player, I'm just going to suggest yeah. Harry Kuehl again. 
He was linked with a job in the UK. Might have even been the Yeovil job. That's, actually where, that. that's actually where the yeah. name popped up. Okay, he, he was linked with a job during the... Are we getting a yeah. psychic connection now? No, we'll discuss it last night line, so... Oh, well, with Fowler, it is interesting, because since that story from Marco came out last week, I, took, I had a look around some of the Liverpool websites and stuff to find out what team he coached. Because if he's going to be the coach, I'm not a Liverpool fan or Robbie Fowler fan, but if he's going to coach Brisbane, I'd like to know what his background is. I can't find anything around him that says he's coaching a team over there. So it's interesting because he's not the under-18s coach. He's not the under-23s coach. I'm just curious what team he's coaching over there because it is... You'd like to think he's coached someone over there. I know he's done his pro license with Liverpool and he finished that in June last year, but which team Which team is he coaching over there to get his experience if, under his if belt? If anyone that listens to us in the UK, you know, if, they, if they have more information, we'd yeah. love to hear it because yeah. at the moment, from the available information on the World Wide Web that we could fine it's not much you know about what his actual coaching credentials are so other than his ill-fated time at Muenthong yeah yeah and well the one thing I will say about uh Robbie Fowler is I hope above all else he can bring a sense of humor to the goal celebrations because uh that uh snorting the bike hey, 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 hey. <laughs> well hopefully you can coach some strikers up to score some brilliant goals yeah, yeah. yes well <laughs> at least we know that's one thing the raw does have in the, and that is plenty of young attacking yes. talent so you know <laughs> At least I can see the th- thought process there if it does turn yeah. out to be Robbie Fowler, where yeah. you know he's obviously been a very successful striker, yeah. and if he is able to communicate yeah. that, of course they did yeah. hire a successful striker last yeah. time and did come so, you know within ninety minutes of a grand final twice. One last point is I mean there has been a trend globally lately of young coaches getting their first job and they've done okay. Stephen Jones done okay at Rangers, Frank Lampard's done okay at um at Derby County. So there are coaches who've played at the highest level. Not Paul Scholes. I don't know how he's going at Old Max, to be brutally honest. I haven't seen, he's but... Gone. Is he? I didn't even know that. <laughs> I, no, I'm su- I did I'm not know that. Yeah, he walked yeah. down, the, he walked down um, on Oldham. I didn't know that. Days, yeah. so he had like... days. So there's an example for oh. an experienced former player not going so well, but there's a couple out there who've done oh, pretty well. Man so. United, not for the news. Thierry Henry is another one who lasted yeah. not so long at yeah, a club. But there he are... was a manager? Um, I blinked and must have missed it. <laughs> yeah. But there, it is a trend now that former star players are getting these off jobs around the world, so... If they're all following that trend, I understand it, but t- your point, it's a gamble. Yeah. And also, you know, for all the complaints, you know, you, you hear about, you know, the Roar allegedly offering jobs to the boys. Well, how many times do we always hear, you know, you you want to keep these ex-players yeah. involved? Yeah. And if, if you're wanting to, like, some of these guys are going yeah. to want to go into coaching. Some of them we've seen go into yeah. other aspects, like what Craig Moore's done or like yeah. what yeah. Shane Stefanudo's done. It, yeah. They're not all going to want to go into coaching, but... They've all got to get their start somewhere. It's I've, like, yeah. Yeah, I've never liked this whole job for the boys slur because what are they expected to do? Like, if, if, if they, you've got players that are, you know, have been great servants to the club, you know, the best way to get them into football is to be in familiar environment. I just think it's, it's, it's a disgusting slur that, you know, the likes of Dan Tiado and Craig Moore and all that, you know, were branded with. You know, and even in, even yeah. you know, Shane Stefanudo now, who's now the football director. I think it goes back to the days of yeah. when they were players that yeah, the, the I, whole culture was perceived to be not the greatest and then they come back yeah. and it's... A, it's perceived that they're going to bring back that same you, you negative want, culture again. That's not necessarily the case. You want those guys in the game, especially in a in a fledgling league like the A League. It's yeah. only 15 years old. You want that benefit of experience because all those guys have played have played in Europe and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I've always found that distasteful. Yeah. That job for the boys slur. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's the coaching search in a nutshell right now. Yeah. And who knows? By this time next week, we could actually be talking about a brand new Brisbane Royal manager. We'll just have to wait and see. Let's move on to the next uh, big story that came out as well, and that was from Ed Jackson, and this is what Matt Mackay had to say about his playing future at a press conference on Monday. Um, 
Matty, I guess there's been a lot of unknowns about the coaching situation. It's still rumbling on. You're off contract at the end of the season. I mean, is it having any effect on your future? And on me, no. On me, no. Maybe other people, but, um, you know, the club have, have um, were up front straight away and they said they're going to do a process. Uh, when that process finishes, I don't know. Um, you know, I think for, um, you know, sooner, sooner rather than later would be great because, um, you know, you need to start signing players for, uh, you know, for the next season and I'm sure the club's working behind the scenes to do that. What are you planning on doing at the end? Uh, I'll talk about that later, later on. Um, you know, I'm more worried about the team and, um, you know, my personal situation doesn't really have any, any effect on it. Would you like to sign a new deal? I, I don't want to talk about it, to be honest. Like, yeah, I'm, um, you know, I'm pretty proud of, of what I've done throughout my career and if I go again or not, it's not really an issue yet. Happen. Uh, you know, we'll, um, we'll come to that when it, when it is time. And that was Brisbane Raw uh, captain Matt Mackay there at Monday's press conference. Uh, Ed Jackson had the story saying that, uh, yeah, Mackay's not being overly committal about his playing future yeah. and probably won't reach a decision until <laughs> after the season. And this was interesting because uh, it's something this, we've talked about yeah. a few times throughout the And when this, this media alert came through on Sunday, there were a lot of people thinking, oh, great, Matt Mackay's announced, Matt Mackay's announces having a press conference on Monday. Of course, it's going to be about his retirement. Of course, it was about the, um, the Maroon kit for Friday night's game against Sydney FC. Plum, plum kit, whatever. Maroon, right, which, by the way, Maroon plum, same thing. But it was interesting. One thing that we can ever exclaim exclusive on <laughs> is that is the the plum kit. I'm so glad my wife dragged me to the shops <laughs> yeah. that morning. It is, yeah, we get, we it get, is we get back credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because everyone just thought the Batman press conference for the first time in a couple of months. It's going to be about this, and I think you kind of saw that question coming. They asked a couple of generic questions early, and then they got into those questions. And I, actually, I think he expected it. Of, Given how quickly he jumped on the answers. I actually wonder if Dylan Wenzel Hall's needed to rest his voice. Highly possible. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, that I think I would have preferred some sort of clarity from Matt Mackay one way or the other. I've kind of fallen on the side of the fence of, yeah. I kind of want this to be his last season. I think, yeah. I think he, as a player, he still probably has a little bit to offer, but more so as a backup rather yeah. than the starting central midfielder and club captain. But yeah. maybe he could yeah. turn into like that Excuse yeah. me, there are Lauren, yeah. Lauren Cashoni, Per Murtisaka, Thomas Vermaelen, you know, captain from the bench role yeah. that we've seen them have at Arsenal. It's possible. It's also if he does want to finish up. I mean, he's, um, I believe he's done some coaching in the past. There's interesting coaching. Maybe he might want to be a part of a Brutal Royal coaching stuff under whoever the new coach may be. That might be a, an opportunity for him. I definitely think there's a spot for him around the group, either as a player, his experience, or just a coach. Because having him around the group, if you're a young player... What can't he tell, teach you about the A-League and playing, particularly if you're a mid-young midfielder, about playing the position? Well, I believe it was um, Nick Darventi, who's now at the Courier Mail, had a point you know, back in October saying uh, Mackay's coaching Brisbane Grammar's first yeah. 11 football side, yeah. so it might have to follow that up, yeah. actually. Yeah, but we've been pretty... Um, I know my view has been pretty clear about Matt Mackay, and that at the end of the day, I believe he's earned the right to say when time is. And that's... And that, you know, if he wants to go around next season, you know, and believe that he can be, you know, he can contribute, you know what, he's earned that right. Yeah. And I, I say the same about Enrique. So, but look, maybe he might be thinking a little bit about, you know, also co- coaching pathways in the future. And there's no reason why he can't be a player such assistant coach, you know, any year or two time. Yeah, you mentioned you'd like to see Clara in that situation. I think he's earned the right to announce whatever he's going to announce yeah. whenever he wants. So if he wants to wait until after round 27 to say, I'm finishing up, that's fine by me. If he wants to wait... Two weeks into the offseason, say I'm going to re-sign for another year. That's again fine by me. Whatever he wants to do, 
There's always going to be a spot for him at Brisbane Raw Football Club. Oh, there should be. I agree, but I do also want to see some sort of... Well, I'm happy to have him back, but, you, you know, if you go and keep him, then that probably means you're going to... It's going to come at the risk of losing guys like Joe Coletti, possibly yeah. even a Bryce Bafford and yeah. whatnot. But, no, I, I think it's fair enough. And I, I also say that, you know, if you're not going to have the Thomas Broich statue outside uh, Suncorp Stadium, Matt Mackay running around with his arms up after the yeah, part to, of the equal To be quite honest, I believe that's more appropriate than Thomas Broich um, statue, with all with all due respect yeah. to him. Yeah, at the end of the day, Lang, pa- Lang Park is, you know, Queensland. It's Queensland's home ground. And, you know, I... Look, I don't know if I can reconcile having a German at the front of, you know, of, you know, yeah, but that's something that might be another debate for another time because he's about to explode. In the words of Faulty Towers, <laughs> don't mention the war. <laughs> you know, that, if that, that statue will surely happen one day, that of Matt Mackay, yeah. that iconic it's, photo of him celebrating down the touchline. That's going to happen at some point and it will be fantastic to see. Oh, yeah, absolutely, but... Yeah, uh, like. Did they just put the John Eels one in recently? Yeah, yeah, that's, at the, yeah. that's at the end near the bus stop. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, no, but, I walk, walk past it last time game. Uh, I walked past it on um, Sunday after the Reds game, and I'm pretty sure it was starting to melt. Like everybody else <laughs> had been in the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I'm happy to you know give Matt Mackay the farewell he deserves, but. But I think it's also, you make a point there that I think also, if you're thinking from the fans' point of view, I think that would be, it'd be disappointing a way if he decided to hang up the boots and announce it two weeks after the season ends because I think he also probably deserves to, you know, have a farewell in front of the fans as well. So that's, yeah. it's, that you can, said, you can first, see, yeah. First home game next season, just yeah. parade him around. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, you can do that at any point. It doesn't have to be at the very end of the, the, end of the season. But the way they um, announced Thomas Boyd's departure was probably the blueprint of what we can expect to see. If this is his... We're oh, writing I him off here. I hope that doesn't follow. We're writing him off here, but I'm not 100 percent convinced he won't be playing I like, on. I like the part where a certain person sitting around the uh, table here who actually hosts a uh, Q and A. I take that. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. You know, he, Matt McKay and I, from what I've uh, from my interactions with him, we're going to actually be at eye level. To be nice. <laughs> That's a first for you in an interview. Yeah, yeah, it is actually. <laughs> no, I. Yeah. That being said, though, like, if it came down to a choice, Matt Mackay or Enrique back, who would you take? Matt Mackay. Matt Mackay. Matt Mackay. Okay, it's unanimous. Sorry, Enrique. There's more. There's more young attacking players in the squad that can fill that position. And as great yeah. as Enrique has been. No, that's fair enough. All right. Um, before we get on to the next thing, a couple of quick plugs. Um, Facebook, the Raw Review. We're still working on changing that to. Brisbane Football Review. It's a very, very long story. Yeah, they, the Prime Minister was yelling them, so the our peer wouldn't have gone through this week. <laughs> uh, Twitter at BNE Football. Uh, we do updates on all raw games, yep. uh, national team, men's and women's, uh, yep. and whatever NPL games we manage to yep. uh, cover as well. So, speaking of the NPL, mm-hmm. actually, before I speak of the NPL, Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com. Comments, questions, complaints. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, heckling uh, rate the podcast on iTunes and Wooshka and a couple of other good podcast platforms like Spotify and anyway uh, NPL round 8 results Scott can you yes. take us through those because I actually need to cough okay no problem so it's Sunshine Coast fired with, with their first win in about a year against Western Pride by two goals to nil Olympic had a 4-0 win on the road against Gold Coast United South West Queensland Thunder considered the first goal and then scored 8 against Redlands well you don't want to do that to South West Queensland no you probably. don't want to do that um, Gold Coast Knights 2-0 against Morton Bay United. Peninsula Power 2-0 against Magpies Crusaders. East 3-0 against the Brisbane Strikers. And in a game which happened at the second attempt after a lights failure at Lions, the Lions won 2-0 against Brisbane Raw in a game played Tuesday night. Which you two were at. Yes. Again, so I think those Tuesday, night, uh, Tuesday nights at uh, Lions becoming 
regulars, and honestly, that would have been a lot more fun for me than running uh, in the heat and humidity last well, night. All I know is I get, always get a good feed on Tuesday night at the Lions. <laughs> it was very, very warm there last night. I can say that. It was quite, oh. it would have been quite uncomfortable for the players because there was a little bit of rain, but not enough to really cool you down, and there was no breeze. It was an awkward night. I was running along the Kedron Brook after work, and I could see the rain in the uh, lamp, in the lights. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't feel a damn thing, though, but that could have also been because I was ridiculously sweaty. And also, I'm fairly certain the Raw players were glad they were wearing their light-coloured jerseys. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It was a very young Brisbane Raw youth side as well. There were a number of players left out. Obviously, the A-League squad, which we'll get to later on, has heavily depleted with injuries. So a number of the better players in the Y-League side are training with the A-League squad right now. And obviously, kept in cotton wool in case they are required to play a role on Friday night. So I think with that sound we said last night on the post-game show that um, look, the, I think the young Raw, given the you know the, the relative inexperience that side, I thought you know, they, they put up a good fight against yeah. you know a, a very vast experienced Lions team. And Macklin Free Kicks especially, you know, we, we posted that video of his mm-hmm. penalty save, which was, you know, it was a good save. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And he liked yeah. it as well. And with yes, Lions, it's just, I think as Warren Moon said in, the, in his when we talked to him after the game last night. Defensively, they're quite good. It's offensively, it's just not quite clicking for them yet. And with two new additions, it's not. It's taking a bit longer than I think they've expected, but I'm sure they're going to get there. They're, they're too good not to. I wonder if Warren Moon was doing any sort of scouting, do you think? Oh, like I said, there's a couple, <laughs> a couple of young players, and, you know, obviously that really sort of, you know, did have, have a good game. That... Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm wondering if he might be working closely with any of those players coming soon. Don't start, uh, don't start rumours. Yeah, that's why I try to avoid it. <laughs> oh, come on, I've got to at least dig myself in some sort of hey, we Hey, we have to interview Warren when we go to Lions games. That's you it, you're going to... I don't. You're doing it next time now, that's yeah. it. I'll, I'll don't, do, don't, if, stir, don't stir. If you've upset... It's what I do, it's why you guys brought me on in the first place. <laughs> Any people you upset, you're now interviewing, so yeah. be oh God, very, very careful. Everybody then. <laughs> Hey, we, we like we like our nights at, on the deck at Lion. Don't, like don't endanger that. And we like our... It's like being at all different grounds, yeah, not just that's there. That's true, yeah. That's yeah. true. You know what Before all the, all the other 14 clubs start complaining <laughs> that we don't like them. Yes. Well, one thing that actually did stand out to me over the past, what, five days of MPL fixtures, Redlands actually uh, has a fairly solid honour here. They're the only side to score and still go down. Everything yes. else was a clean sheet for the winning side. Oh, there's problems Good weekend for the goalkeeper. Goalkeepers union. It's not a good weekend if you're the Western Pride goalkeeper if you haven't seen the Ooh. the first golf of Sunshine Coast. Oh. Not the not the best exhibit of goalkeeping, but with Redlands they're they're in some trouble. I know they got a bonus three points, which we'll get to in a minute, but Actually let's get onto that right yeah. now. Okay. Bit of drama of Brisbane City, so they've had to forfeit their round one to four games. Um, and have been fined eighty thousand with six, eight 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 thousand. Yeah. Okay, this is what happens when I'm uh, relying on four G to keep me up to date. Uh Yes, we find 8,000, 6,000 of which suspended, and yeah. they're basically back to starting from a much lower point on the, on the table. They are. They're back to actually down at the bottom of the table. And a couple of corrections from the post-game show last time. I said they were fined $6,000. It was $8,000 with $6,000 of that withdrawn or upheld back. And I said they lost seven points. They actually lost six points. So yeah, we, um, they're on three not, points. Not as, good enough. They're on three points after their um, win against Morton Bay in round five, which was not included in their their points penalty. So they're sitting on three points at the bottom of the table. So yeah. from what I can see, that drama had to do with registering an ineligible, playing an ineligible player after international clearance. That's correct, yeah. And that's, um, look, we, we have we have a feeling that we know who that player is, but we're not going to mention that because, um, look, uh, Brisbane, Brisbane City haven't um, publicised. They put out a statement last night amongst yeah. other things that we're about to get onto. So, but we know it had, 
it was revolving around an international clearance. Um, look, in there, in there, the fence, he tried to offer that it was issues with Sports TG system. But um, look, at the end of the day, as people have commented, you know, that's still no excuse, really. And, you know, I think, yeah, yeah whether the... All other teams have found a way to... Um, yeah, and, that, and that's, that's the thing. So, look, it's, it's unfortunate. But I think as far as, you know, it, as, as I said last on the post-game show, um, look, I don't think it's I don't think it's fatal. I think it's, you know, I think it's actually probably a fair penalty considering, you know, and, and also as well, the important thing is the timing that this yeah. is discovered now and not mm. in round 20. It's actually yeah. part two of uh, a three-part saga involving the Lions because when we left uh, Richland's last Tuesday night I saw a story on Facebook about John Cosmina moving on I was on just as well. about to say it's an interesting time to have a look at Brisbane City as a club because not only they'd been docked six points John Cosmina has been promoted promoted, promoted into a director of coaching role with Nick Green the assistant taking over they've also had um, Rob Cavallucci their, their the, president part three of the drama president is and he's left their club after their A-League bid was stagnated because of all the reasons the FFA choosing yellow teams. They've also had a fourth issue, which was their ground mm. wasn't in the greatest condition earlier in the year and they had to move that round five game, which as Morton Bay would say won, to Walter Park because it wasn't up to standard. So there's a few few issues at Brisbane City at the moment. But the pizza good. oven is fine. I hope the pizza so. oven is fine. It would, it's <laughs> fantastic stuff. I'm looking forward to getting down there in a few weeks. Certainly. But hopefully the pizza oven's fine. That's the most important thing, right? You can change coaches, you can change yeah. presidents and all the rest, but the pizza oven has to stay. And I think, the, and I think that the uh, the team will be fine. Yeah. I think there, there are um, a number of teams that I think on paper are a lot weaker. So, look, I, I yeah. think finals might be um, nigh impossible now, given given the way the top four are play, current top yeah. four are playing. But, yeah. look, as far as relegation goes, unless they really, you know, it really sort of yeah. implodes on itself. Um, they'll yeah, be fine. They'll be fine. They've also got Oliver Duncan in their playing group now after he left the Young Raw a couple of weeks ago. He's, been, yeah. he's popped up on the aforementioned Sports TG squad list, so I believe he's made the move to Corporate Travel Management Stadium, so good luck to him. Yes, good I'm luck. I'm sure he'd be a fantastic fit in that side. Certainly. Um, one thing also is worth uh, pointing out as well, the top four appear to be really separating as well. Yeah. You've got Penn Power still unbeaten after eight, Lions, uh, Gold Coast Knights and Olympic all with just one loss. And Olympic yeah. actually have two games in hand over Penn Power and Gold Coast Knights. Yeah, so. and the Lions have got another game in hand as well. So when those games get played, the top four is going to really have separated but too, from I'd the pack. Like, I'd like to be in pen, potential power position, eight from eight. Yeah. And, and given their schedule over the next you know, month to five weeks, um, it could be very, very easily be... you know. 13, finals by. 13, 13 straight. Now, you're right. They'd be on the same timetable as last season as far as finals in FQPL. The one thing I will point out as well about uh, Brisbane City, so they're currently on three points. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. they've got a lot to do, but I suppose the one silver lining of this being discovered now compared to being discovered, mm. um, you know, in, say, July, they can at least sort of approach these games knowing they're essentially trying to play catch-up now. Yeah. Well, if it happened in July and they've got points back to zero, they would be being relegated. They're lucky now that there are a couple. They're what they're already equal bottom with Sun, with South South Queensland Thunder, and they're within a game of being up to twelfth. So they're, they're one win away from being out of the relegation zone. So yeah. they are very fortunate this happened early in the season. If it did happen towards the end, we could be seeing one of the bigger clubs in Brisbane being relegated. And we don't want to see that. They are a big club. They're an important club in the NPL. We want to see them going well, but. I'm sure they're going to be fine. No, if there's a big club that's going to get relegated and will enjoy it, it's South Melbourne down in NPL Victoria. Absolutely. <laughs> Moving on to round nine fixtures. Uh, Saturday, Southwest Queensland hosting Sunshine Coast. Strikers versus City. Gold Coast Knights versus Lions. Uh, Western Pride versus Penn Power. 
uh, Raw Youth versus East and Magpies Crusaders versus Gold Coast United. Sunday is Olympic Moreton Bay and as always seems to be the case with uh, Brisbane at the moment, weather and electricity permitting. Yes. Yeah. There's a couple of interesting games there. Gold Coast Knights and Lions meeting for the first time in the league could be a very, very fascinating one. Two teams that could well meet in the, some point in the final series and after what's happened to Brisbane City at the weekend, over the last week, I beg your pardon, that game against Strikers has added significance. That's now two teams who you expect to be in, near the top of the table really fighting for points. So yeah, Strikers that's are an important game that as well. You have, you have grave concerns about the, about their form on the pitch. Um, yeah, and that, that all of a sudden, um, with the drama that's happened over over at um, Newmarket, all of a sudden that has become a fairly pivotal game. So um, all being well and whether it goes ahead, that's the game that we'll be covering on Saturday night. That's where you two will be. I will be actually calling a game at Cornubia Park for the FQPL for the Football Queensland live stream. So I'll be keeping up with all the NPL games on the Football Queensland's YouTube channel, but only one will have my mildly grating voice on it. Well, you'll be on the Facebook page. I will too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'll have a whole bunch of people telling me that what I could be doing better. <laughs> no, it'll be people saying, well, oh, my bet hasn't paid off yet. What's going on? <laughs> and those are the comments I will ignore because that's my other job. Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, moving on to NPLW, uh, Lions and Logan 2-2 draw. Now, this was a game that finished about seven minutes earlier than expected. It was, and this was actually a really good game too, because it livened up towards the end. The start of it looked like it could have been Lions by... A million. Oh. Absolutely, and then the Logan line just got a goal back out of nowhere, about, what, five minutes into the second half it would have been, Adam, and then yeah. from there they just they started to push Lions back, and they looked really good, and if this game actually did play that final seven minutes, if there was going to be a winner, it probably would have been Logan. It was a, it was the classic game of two halves. I think you know, Lions should have been over the hill and out of sight by about 20th minute. I think you know, we, we sort of said, and with all due respect to, to Logan, they were struggling to string a pass together yeah. you know, in that first half. The second half, to their credit, they came out you know, and really sort of you know, put it to them. The goal that Alana Giggins scored um, you know, to equalise, that was a fantastic strike yeah. from about 30 yards out. So... So look, yeah, uh, I think there'll be a lost, um, sort of lost opportunity there for Lions. But I think Logan, I think, can take a lot of playing heart because they got absolutely walloped a few days before by uh, Morton Bay. And, and you know what a shame for Lions. Their record is now just four wins and a draw from five games instead of five yeah. wins. The interesting thing is a start Capalabar have made. I mean, yeah. we all thought that the you know, like Morton Bay we knew would be good given their recruitment. Lions South, the gap are always. Comp- be near the top, but I don't think anyone saw Capalbar being at the top of the table after eight, six weeks, did we? No, That's a massive there, surprise. There were, there were moments that were good, but then we also thought that, you know, the, the, the teams that are in between two and five at the moment, you know, that being you know, Morton Bay, Lions, the Gap and South were going to be the dominant players um, in that. But yeah, look, they've really, um, they've really sort of, you know, shown that, you know, no, they're a decent, and they're scoring a lot of goals as well. They're actually they've actually scored. I know it's not relative as far as you know games played, but you know thirty one goals in six games, boosted uh, by an eleven two win, of course. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm actually more impressed by the gap. Two goals conceded in four games. Yeah, they're, like all, the, they're always going to be a supremely strong team in the gap with their history and pedigree in the women's game. But you're right, that is a fantastic record, no doubt about that. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, round seven fixtures. You've got Southwest Queensland versus Gold Coast, uh, Logan versus East, East, Middleton against Lions, Gap versus Palabar, and then on Sunday is South versus Morton Bay and Raw NTC against Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Uh, FQPL uh, Palabar four one over Ipswich, Wolves four 0 over Holland Park Hawks, Sunshine Coast Wanderers two one over Middleton, and South three two over Southside Eagles. 
I will, uh, as mentioned, be at the uh, game between Logan and Holland Park. I hope you remember that on Saturday night. Oh yeah, I won't have any awkward pauses, but I'll also be probably much more caffeinated for that. <laughs> Your sole commentary debut, you're looking forward to that, no doubt? Absolutely. It's You know, anyone who knows me knows how... Um, tough it is for me to get behind a microphone and talk by myself for two and a half hours. Yeah, what's the phrase you could talk underwater? I, I, my wife says I could talk under dried cement. I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be a very interesting game uh, coming up as well. Holland Park, uh, one win, three losses so far, whereas yeah, Rochelle's looking... Rochelle didn't play at the weekend, unfortunately, for them. I'm not sure why on earth that game was postponed. I'd love to know, but yeah, they're they're actually a very interesting team because they've got a lot of experienced players over there at Underwood Park. Graham Fife is there, and I forget there's somebody else there whose name escaped me at the moment. Oh, Danny Byrne, the former yeah. Olympic player. So they've got some experience there, which could, which could bode for well for them. But I think the team to watch in this competition is Sunshine Coast Wanderers with what they've done. I mean, they they're the, they're a really really strong team, and I think it, when they, if and when they do go up, they could be highly competitive next year in the NPL. And a statement win over Mitchelton as well. Absolutely, two one. So it wasn't you know the blow them off the park victory, but it was still quite a good showing. Uh, yeah, so I uh, covered those round five fixtures, didn't I? You did. Excellent. FFA Cup. Yes. Let's keep moving on to that. Um, round three results. Surface Paradise Apollo, 9-1 over Brisbane Knights. Sanford Rangers, 4-3 over Rockville Rovers. Gympie United, 5-4 over Westside Groveley. And Coomera, 3-0 over Acacia Ridge. And I should also point out, um, Go- uh, my friend Gordon was an unused sub in a 5-1 defeat. Oh, was down he? Down on the Gold Coast, yeah. Well, if he was in the game, they might have won the game. That That's going to be his line, and I'm fairly certain. <laughs> Absolutely gonna... it will be. Yeah, so, Gordon, it's all your fault for not getting on the pitch. <laughs> this was... Oh, so go ahead. I was going to say, one result that, that stands immediately that we didn't sort of... that didn't make the run sheet was um, Rabina City, uh, Gold Coast, I think, League One, knocking over Brisbane Premier League's um, Centenary Storm of yeah. 7-1. So... Wow. That's um, another, sort of a bit of a shocking result that, that yeah. I think we'd like to know more about. Yeah. Um, it's not a good week for the for the um, football Brisbane clubs either because the, the when they've gone up against the Sunshine Coast teams and the Gold Coast teams this year in the Cup, it's been the... It's been the coast teams who've proven to be victorious. That's, yeah, and actually the other one they now yeah. mentioned, um, yeah, Noosa Lions, who have got yeah. a couple of interesting um, players amongst that that lot as well. They made the trip down to my backyard mm. and beat uh, Ridge Ridge uh, Hills United six one. Yes, so it's not a great week for the Brisbane teams. It's just the first time I've really seen these teams play off against each other as well, because previously they've been separated, the regions and the Brisbane have been separate, so they're all in for the first time. And on early indications, the Coast teams might be better than the, fo- the Brisbane teams give them credit for. So, interesting to see what happens when these Coast teams now play against some MPL and FQPL teams, mm. see how that pans out. And the round four draw was done yesterday as well on the FQ uh, Facebook page. Yep. Notable ties, you got Brisbane Strikers against Souths. I'm very, very interested to get to Perry Park for that. Mm. Uh, Western Pride versus Noosa Lions. Redlands United versus AC Carina, who are based actually just around the corner. Yes, from your backyard team. Capital League One AC Carina are almost being considered favourites in some corners against the MPL side <laughs> Redlands. I'm not sure that's the case, but if you're looking for a cup set, that could very well be it. Well, I was just thinking that might be a worthwhile time to get out to Redlands before it gets Arctic out there. <laughs> it's already Arctic out there. What are you talking about? Uh, well, no, if it was Arctic, it would be snowing instead of raining. <laughs> uh, Pen Power against Kabulcha. I think that's... With all due respect to Kabulcha, pen power by how much? Well, the interest the interest factor on that game just went up um, by some some degrees with the, the news yeah. about Adam Sorota signing for Kabulcha. Mm-hmm. So, um, look, I don't give I don't give um, Kabulcha much chance against the uh, M- the MPL league leaders, but a bit of interest in that game, Neil. 
It's about the closest thing you can get to a local derby and all these fixtures as well, unfortunately. And get the kitchen ready at Richland's. Lions are hosting Capalaba. Yes. Yes. All right. Now, There's plenty of other ties out there as well. They're just oh, yeah. We've got the full draw on our yeah. Facebook page, um, Raw Review, and Twitter, at BNE Football. Let's get on to the news segment as well. So, going to take a bit more of a national focus for this, considering it was an international weekend. Yep. No pun intended. Um, and start off with Chris Nicku's comments about no promotion and relegation before 2034 in the A-League, or Australian yep. Professional Football. Now, that actually, you could tell, was a bit of a, I suppose, big story, considering yeah. the FFA sent out a media release to clarify his uh, comments on that. I and think, I'm just going to bring that up now. I think that might have been one of those where you let the cat out the bag a little bit too soon. wasn't planning on saying it, because it came out at the inaugural Football Writers Fest, which I believe was a pretty good weekend for everyone who went, but... Chris Nicker was at a pub. Uh, I think he might have just um, had had a refreshment and released more information I, than he planned on. I got a, I got a feeling. See, this is, this is the thing is that I think it might be something, it's something along the lines of you know, Chris Nicker not knowing what his audience are because yeah. there's a lot of powerful, um, outspoken voices at that yeah. um, football writers uh, festival that you know, and. They just like Chris Nicky just basically handed a lot of ammunition, you know, anti FFA sentiment, you know, on a silver platter to those, and they have ran with it and ran with it hard. Uh, so the statement from the FFA says, uh, the FFA wishes to clarify comments made earlier today by uh, Chris Nicky in relation to the timing of introduction of promotion and relegation to and from the A League. Um, I won't read it verbatim because yep. that'll drag on. Um, club participation agreements mean that clubs are entitled to participate in the A-League until the year 2034, except for Wellington. Mm-hmm. Um, while the participation agreement uh, provides for the introduction of promotion and relegation at its discretion, the FFA uh, notes that New League's working group and second division are currently trying to yep. set up top, uh, top two tiers of Australian football, including what provi- provisions for promotion and relegation should be established. Uh, these provisions are expected to include the specific timing of the establishment of the second division, targeted and the targeted commencement of promotion and relegation, and mm. prioritisation of second division clubs as part of expansion of the A League beyond twelve teams. Now, I honestly think yeah. first and foremost the A League needs to expand beyond the twelve teams, yeah, and then you know get yeah. a working second division, then try and meld the two. Well, that's and that's yeah. what I was going to say. You know, the, the, all, all the blow up this week about promotion and relegation over the weekend. Look to me, and I, I've been very, I've said this you know, pretty clearly on my on my own Twitter uh, handle that three things need to happen Which before before we even talk about um, promotion and relegation as a serious issue. One, we need to align the leagues. Which means that either one or two things need to happen: either the A League becomes a winter league, please no, or the grassroots, the state leagues, become a summer league. Because without that, you can't have a a working cohesive pyramid of football. Because otherwise, you're going to have it's just it's just not unworkable yeah. at the moment. Having you know your pro amateurs in the winter, your professionals in the winter, and you, and you see it, and you see it in the players and the the golf that they have to come and play. You know, going out of MPL, and it's taken them six months to even become, you know, established in the league if they don't get spat out and, you know, and sent back to MPL before that. The, sec- the second thing is, is they need a working and viable second division. And the AAFC have come out and said, you know, 2020-2021, before that, that happens. And, look, and the final thing is, is that, you know, it's the, you know, also as well, it, the television deal as well, you know, Without without television, yeah, you know, I know there's streaming and not and whatnot, but you now that, that that needs that's also and that they come up in 2023. So until the TV rights come up again, 
there there is a suggestion out there that you know if the independent A league comes up, which is a big point as well, the the league needs to be independent. Um, until that happens, and there is a suggestion that that the TV deal with Foxtel might be voided if it goes independent. Um, yeah, until I, those happen, pro- I, promotion relegation is. I a think these things the can be sorted. If there's promotion relegation, I'm sure the MPL clubs who want to be involved will be more than willing to move their season to the summer to be a part of the football premier because you can't go winter with comp- competition from other guys. It just won't work. I think I think you can solve those issues quite comfortably if you want to. And again, I think there's provisions within it, as as the FA statement said, to have promotion relegation sooner than 2034 because yeah. they're. Participation agreement is to participate in the Australian Football Professional Pyramid, not the A League. No, I'm no, sure you it, can make the words this work at this stage. I think yeah. are very, very in that. In, and maybe Chris yeah. didn't say it at the mm. thing, but the the, the mm. press release did say at this stage yeah. and in its current format, which means that it can be changed. Yeah. So I wouldn't be. I know people are saying this 2034 date. That's, that's just when the, the license yep. expires. You yeah. can do this before then. I yep. guarantee that if you, they want it before then, they can make it happen. From mm. what I could gather on it all is basically the FFA can't just unilaterally, unilaterally say, all right, here's a second division, here's promotion and relegation. Yeah. From what I understand, part of the participation agreement is basically they need the clubs to sign off yeah. and say, all right, here's, yeah. like, here's where we accept yeah. the changes to the structure. Well, don't forget that the... Um, the league may very well go independent in a couple of months, so this will be taken out of the FFA's hand for the most part anyway. That's true. It'll become the clubs deciding all this in their the own... Only, the only thing so if the clubs are deciding this and they're making the arrangements to have promotion and relegation, I think they're okay with the idea of being relegated before 2034... If it comes to that, I, 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 no, to be honest, I, I, I kind of, you know, I don't, I'm not going to use the word disagree, but I would say that, you know, I worry that, you know, with the independent A League, that all of a sudden, that they, when the owners have the power, yeah, it's all right now where they can, you know, all their faults and ills, they can blame the FFA to a certain degree. But when it's their money, what person, their what money owner? Now. Yeah, but you know, but you know what I mean. But there's always you've got that framework of the FFA, and you've got the, the they've got the protection of the competition participation agreement. But what what owner would put money in knowing that there's a risk that they could lose it all or it'd be seriously devalued by relegation? And I'm not saying that they wouldn't. But I yeah. reckon that would be a clear well, thought. You have to open up everything. You have to open up transfer fees. You have to open up loans. You have to open up all Absolutely, these avenues. You yeah. can't say you've got a salary cap and then if you're at the bottom of the table on three points at Christmas, you can't say, oh, sorry, you can't go and bring players in to save you because you spent your salary cap. No, that's got to go. Yeah. If you yeah. open up the pyramid, that stuff's got to go. And that should happen anyway. And I think it's yeah. gonna, that's going to happen in a matter of time. So I'm pretty sure they can make this stuff happen. It's just, is there is there the um, finance around the second division to get that up and running and viable... Yep. to be competitive enough Viable so that if those teams do get promoted the into the A-League, they can actually compete. Well, When we get yeah. to that point, I'm not sure when we get there, then you can have promotion relegation. I would like to yep. see... I, I'm, I've really come around on the idea of the second division sooner yep. rather than yep. later. And then, you know, once that, show, once yeah. that shows that... Once they work out how to, I suppose, bridge the gap so that yeah. A-League clubs can go down to... Or the current A-League clubs can get relegated and survive. Yeah. yeah. So there was actually an idea put out by someone like Paul Astro at the week uh, on Monday night about about how you could actually do this as soon as 2025. You have a second division starting very, very soon, and then you bring teams in promoted from that to build your league up to 16 teams, and then that gives you more time for these A-League clubs currently to prepare for the idea of promotion and relegation. And by that point, three, four years down the road, they should be ready. The teams you're bringing up should be ready, and then it can work quite comfortably from there. And then he also suggested having relegation from the second division to the NPL, where the NPL national finals winner might enter the second division. So Campbelltown City from South Australia, who won it last year, could could if 
in this system be in the second division right now. Yeah, Which I don't mind the idea either, because that then gives incentive to these other, these lower level teams. Hey, there is a pathway. If you're good enough to get to the A League through this through this pathway, it's there for you. It's there, but there, but therein lies the problem. My first point about the the lack of alignment at the moment yeah. is that you can't have a second, even for second division, yeah. mirrors the A League as it currently yeah. stands. I use the word as it currently stands to then have the MPL sides because then you've got you get you almost have the same problem as you have with the Asian Champions yeah. League where you know there, there's times where clubs will be at advantage because of the season but also as well that they're they're disadvantaged because of, of other times and I just don't know how you can the MPL sides in that third tier could play from you know whether, whether they could sustain going from you know March to October straight into the second division be promoted because what happens to those relegate teams they're waiting yeah, a number of months, so... Yeah, well, for me personally, like, I... I, I just... Yeah, I just feel like promotion and relegation is just way too far down yeah. the track. Yeah. But that's the other question then, though, is... You know, the best argument I can actually put for promotion and relegation, or at least relegation, is how much more interesting would the Raw season be right now if they were knowing, like, okay, they've got to finish yeah. above Western Sydney well, to make sure. But yeah. on that Paul Aspro thing that I uh, that you were covering yep. there, and I don't know if we actually shared that out. I don't think we did, no. But I like that is very close to the framework that I would yeah. be considering to have. The question is then also like, yeah. you know, when do you, when do you wind up with the A League? I suppose moving. Yeah. On the thing is, your point with the Raw is a good one because in January, when the Raw say we're going through a long process to identify a new coach, well, you can't do that. Because you can't essentially let a season go to find the right coach because you may very well end up being relegated. So you would have to hire a coach quicker. You have to bring players in January to potentially save yourself. You have to. You can't do what Central Coast Mariners have done and just play young players through the second half of the year to try and get experience. And that's, It just doesn't work that way. You have to... It would order, It would make the bottom half of the league more competitive overnight. Because otherwise you're just going to be relegated without any fight. And I don't think any team's going to let that happen. Of course, just to play devil's advocate, then we also know how fickle the, you know, Australian sporting public, not just Brisbane, is. And you also have to ask the question of, you know, considering the history of the Raw, how many of those fans would turn their back on the club when they're in the second division and go, I'm not going to bother following them because I only follow the highest leagues. Well, that happens everywhere in the world. You go look at some of the crowds for teams who get relegated from the Premier League to the championship, some of those crowds drop off instantly overnight. And when when teams do get promoted, all of a sudden everyone wants to be a season ticket holder. Yeah, yeah that happens hard. around the world, I, no matter what. Yeah. I just just want my, one final point about promotion relegation. Look, because we not, could do a whole show. Yeah, on this, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that. You know, we're saying no. I, I think, I, but I think it's more of an aspiration as something for in the in the medium to long term, rather than you know, oh, let's drop everything to make it happen. Because if you make it happen now, with the points that we've just spoken of for the last five minutes about all the things that Ten. needs to happen. 10 minutes? Wow, that long. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be fundamentally flawed. And, and this is where you're going to have problems. If you try and rush it, and I think this is such an important part yeah. of, the, the I guess, the integrity of the competition in general, that you can't rush it. You need things to happen. Like, it's about second division. You know, it needs to be not only viable, but it needs to be sustainable. So, like, if, if the first season goes off, great. It's not mission accomplished. It needs to be five, six, you know, seven seasons before you can say, yeah, it's sustainable. Let's now try and pack in, you know, well, promotion and relegation. Do you think we'll have an, an answer list in the next five years? Yes. You do? I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens I in the next couple I think years. in five years we're going to... At least know when it'll happen in five years, yeah. when I, it comes yeah. in. I, well, yeah. I think the key for it all is establishing that second division yeah. and making sure that it works. And if that's going... 
but I do think it's going to need a lot more time and investment than just a throw it all together and say, ah, oh, it'll work, just yeah. trust us. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think that's right. And I think, I would hope it's not 2034 before it happens. I, I do think, you know, if, if I was, you know, trying to guess where I think it should happen, maybe, you know, 2025, 26. All right, well, I'm just going to close out the uh, promotion relegation thing with a quote from Chandler being off friends. Do you want it done quick or do you want it done right? Absolutely. We have both. <laughs> no, this is an old El Paso. All right. A uh, couple of other news stories have popped up as well. Matilda's squad named for USA Friendly uh, from the Raw. Mackenzie Arnold, Katrina Gorey, back from injury. Claire Polkinghorne and Hayley Russell have all been named in the squad. My question is, where's Jenna McCormick, Scott? Uh, she's playing AFL Grand Final, I believe, in Adelaide on whenever on the weekend at some um, point. So. Oh, that's right. On Sunday, I'm covering yeah. that. For is it su- I don't even yeah. know where it is. I know that they no, made the Grand Final. So. E- either way, good luck because... Uh, She's the only player I know that's going around, so yeah. I hope the Crows it win. Is, it is a... She's the only un- AFLW player that we know and like. It is, yeah. absolutely. It's AFL player generally. <laughs> <laughs> but it is unfortunate she's not in this squad because, again, she had a fantastic W League season. I think she would add a lot to the Matildas side. It just it seems like it's not going to pan out for her at this point in time. It's unfortunate. Oh, well, there's still plenty of uh, career ahead for absolutely. her. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, AFC under-23 qualifiers. I did tease this all the way back at the start you of the did. show. Um 6-0 over Cambodia and Chinese Taipei, and 2-2 against Korea Republic last night. You guys were watching the stream of that at uh, Lions, and Nick D'Agostino got a brace. It was fantastic. Two two good goals. Yeah. Two good goals as he, well. He put um, a dagger right through the Korea Republic. Well, I obviously didn't. Do you want your coat? Back. <laughs> He's your coat. Yes. No, it, it, it's good to see him actually get some goals, and also more importantly, it's good to see him play as a number nine, because for the Raw the last couple of years, he hasn't really played as that central striker where he made his name coming through the youth ranks. So it's good to see him get back to that position and scored a couple of goals. And yeah, it's, it's encouraging for him. And it's good for actually for Australia to get through this pretty comfortably in truth. I mean, there was actually some concern about the Cambodia game the first up with the artificial pitch and all the rest of it. But they got through that game really comfortably. They beat China so pay handily. And against Korea, they played pretty well. I mean, the first goal for Korea was a deflected goal. And I think it draws suits both teams. They both threw quite comfortably, so... And that's the important thing. So that now they're going to have to try and go through to um, the final stage. Yes. Which will now it gets more as, difficult. Yeah, oh, now yeah. That it gets to act as Olympic qualifiers. Yes. Yeah, that That's going to be a very, very high-quality tournament. And uh, look, uh, I would be very, very guarded about Australia's chances of going through that. Um, it's all going to come down to who they draw um, and the pathway. But look, um, yeah, uh, three plus yeah. Japan to go yeah. into the uh, to the Olympics in Tokyo. Yeah. And looking ahead, this could cause real trouble for the A-League scheduling next year because obviously January is the big summer of football time. This tournament is in the middle of January yep. where the Raw played eight games this year. So if you start taking out guys like Dylan Wenzel-Halls, Nick Dagestino potentially, whoever else, out of teams around the A-League, at that critical time, could be very interesting to see what happens. It's going to really stir up the, the club versus country yeah. debate because it'll you know, be like what we saw with you know the likes of Chris Conomides and whatnot yeah. uh, throughout January with the Asian yeah. Cup. Hmm. Oh, they're going to have to just suck it up. The clubs, but they're not going to be happy about it. No. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to go back to what I always used to say with uh, David Moyes when he complained about Tim Cahill having to play for oh, the soccer. Don't talk about Moyes. If <laughs> if you want to sign international quality players. Don't be surprised when they have to go play for their country. Yeah, and you look, you'd hope that the FFA also, because obviously the, sk- the schedule for the next season hasn't come out yet. You would hope that there's some thought given to maybe having a split round or you know a, an, an international break where they, they can, where they can choose to. At the end of the day, they're in control of the draw for the and for the benefit because. I think you know doing this half-assed, you know, sending the team up to um, Thailand in January. 
it's going to do no one, and they and they very very easily be quite embarrassed. That's the strength of this yeah. tournament. So they have to go yeah. for it. And unfortunately, you'd hope that the the league will yeah. support that. Yeah, other leagues around Asia will no doubt. Well, no, no will leagues stop. going on. Well, the West Asian leagues will stop for the yeah. for this tournament, and the um, East Asian leagues will delay the start of their season. So there's no reason why the FFA or the independent league, whatever it is, cannot follow suit. I'm sure there's going to be a workaround for it. All right. Coming to the end of the show, so let's talk about this uh, Friday night's game against Sydney FC. What about, I guess, just obviously, last time you played Sydney, it was, was an important win for so many things, not just for getting the win, but just for where the club was and, and getting that three points. I mean, it, it must give a bit of happy memories thinking about facing them again. Yeah, it, it does. It's some, some very happy memories. And, you know, I think, I think uh, one of the journalists said that it was probably the bravest uh, performance they've seen from a Brisbane Raw team whilst he's been watching at that point, you know, with the, the people we had out, the injuries that occurred during that evening. Um, so, you know, that just shows that even though we've had difficult times this season, the, you know, the boys have, have still pulled together. We're in there. We're fighting for everything. And, um, and you know, we'll, we'll go again. Sydney are a good side. They're obviously second in the league. They're, they're looking to um, secure their positions in the finals, chasing down Perth, um, Champions League spots. So there's plenty to play for from uh, from their point of view as well. That was Darren Davies there talking about the matchup against Sydney FC. And, well, for the Roar, it's pretty much just a case of getting to play the sadistic pricks of the A-League and making sure that Sydney have a very hard uh, run home now, isn't it? Absolutely. I think Sydney have an Asian Championship game next midweek at some point, don't they? So for them, they may very well have one eye on that because the start of the Champions League campaign hasn't gone well, to say the least, for them. So... They, they need to win that game, I think, essentially, to stay alive. So for, so they may have one eye on that. And for the Raw, just repeat what you did last time, right? Just what, give them a handy it? lead and then give them a little lead and then Wenzel Halls comes along with Mickelson and they just steal the win late. That worked fine for me. That was... Three midfielders and a teenager in the back line. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Just without the injuries, please. Do yeah, that, that's true. Do without the injuries. Just, that's the only thing you have to change, guys. No more injuries. But no, look, this should be a good game, of course, to save origin aspect. I know... You, James, and you, Adam, are much more into that than I am. I really don't care, but... I might have bought yeah. the jersey final. I, I might have... Yeah. Yeah, bought it. it, it, I, it have, I have a previous season jersey. It has, so do I. It does add a lot to it. I mean, I, I think the Raw really... They get themselves up for that game, particularly the local-based players in it. So I think it'll be... It'll be good. I think the crowd has to be more up for that as well, too. You might get more people in there with that save origin aspect to it. So, And also, if you are interested in getting the uh, jersey, I'm fairly certain a lot of retailers will be putting the current season's uh, merchandise on... Sale right now. I'm sure they were, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's generally when I buy my second uh, kit. Yes, that's right. Anyway. It's the only time they're going to wear it this year as well, isn't it? The yep. maroon slash plum kit. Yeah, so can I just make a small uh, small request to, if anyone from the Roar is actually listening, keep these kits for next season. I think I think you've got a good you know group of three right there. Do us all a favour and just keep them for next season, please. <laughs> That, that's all I've got to say. Anyway, um, yeah, the game itself, um, Darren Davies actually was asked about the possibility of playing youngsters and giving them some minutes, and this is what he had to say. And Isaac, would you bring him back in? I mean, you obviously took the decision to rest him for that. Yeah, yeah and, 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 you know, that purely was us looking after him. Um, you know, and it's going to be the same. You know, we've given so many young players opportunity, um, which has been the positive during the course of the season. Um, but by the same token, you know, you need to look after those... Uh, those young young men, when you know, when they're feeling a little bit tired, when they you know a little bit exposed, and you know, I just felt felt the right time for Isaac. He hadn't been training with the side. He's he's got his school exams. He's in year twelve. He's got a, he's got everything on his plate at the moment. So um, yeah, we'll we'll look after them, and um, when the time is right, we'll play them. 
So with that workload management in mind, Scott, yep. which youngsters would you be interested in seeing on uh, Friday night? Uh, whichever ones are available and ready to play, I would like to see get as many minutes as possible between now and the end of the season. So if, if Isaac Powell is available after being rested last week, I would love to see him play again at left back. Because I think, actually, who's the right winger for Sydney? Is it De Jong? Or is it Silva? Uh, I forget. Either it, way, it, it depends. Either way, with high and Grant bombing forward down the right, the right wing. It's a good contest for him as well. So, I'd like to see him get as much minutes as possible. I'd like to see Daniel Leck get more of an opportunity. I mean, even young Aaron Ridden, I believe, who's back fit now, giving him an opportunity at centre back could be a really good test for him to see if he see if he's ready to step up for next week. So, however many are ready to play, I'd like to see get an opportunity at this point. I, with that suggestion of Aaron Reardon playing centre-back, I think I just heard Matt Mackay going, please! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's... Um, yeah, oh, look, I think it's it's vitally important now that you know, the youngsters get as much chance as possible to... Um, I guess impress not only, you know, it's it's about contracts, you know, not only, you know, at the club, but also as well, you know, future prospects, you know, elsewhere. Um, so, look, at the end of the day, you know, it, it is all about pride and hopefully, you know, the Maroon spirits and whatnot get, gets involved. But, um, yeah, look, I think it, a lot of it is going to be about performance as well and that hopefully these youngsters can stand up. We say that every week. It's also about the winning mentality. You don't want to go into the next season having gone off a whole bunch of losses. You want to get that winning mentality back as well. So you get used to the concept of winning and getting used to winning. I think that's important as well. If you can get some wins at the back end of the season here, that could be really beneficial looking ahead to next season. That's it. And also, you know, as is the case I've been saying for the past three or four weeks, you get these young players, give them a chance to prove that they deserve a spot in the team next season. That's the thing is you just you just never know. The you just never know unless you give them a chance. Um, you don't know whether you find the next uh, diamond in the rough as you as we found with Isaac Powell, you know, we would if we were said three months Three months ago, you know, Isaac Powell. Yeah, other than those who follow, um, followed, you know, the youth league and the MPL. Yeah, he wouldn't be radar. All yeah. of a sudden, he's been talked about as the starting left back. I'm interested in seeing um, Ellie Bawal play in person for the first time as well. He made his mm. debut a couple of weeks against the victory. He did pretty well for 60 minutes. I want to see how he fits in generally in person. You get a better, better perception of what's actually happening in person. So let's see how he goes as well. All right. So uh, predictions for the game, Adam. Uh, look, I think Sydney might win two one, but I think um, but I think the Raw are going to put up a hell of a fight. You'll never hear me picking Sydney to win anything. Brisbane to win. <laughs> I'm going to say that I reckon there's going to be four or more goals in the game. Where's your uh, Where's your Queensland patriotism? I thought you two were right into this state of origin stuff. We are realistic. Yes, <laughs> and I do think there's going to be some goals, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Dylan Wenzel Hall scores another cracker from 25 plus yards. How's that yeah. for Patriots? That sounds no, good. I, I like the idea of that. Look, the only reason why, I, just quickly, I just want why uh, I picked Sydney is I think they've got a lot more to play for. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. uh, and like I said uh, the, the lure of second place in the home final. I still think that's much in play, and I think, yeah, I think Steve Corker will have them up. But look, I think Raw will give them a hell of a fright. And I do think the Queenslanders and the team would love to screw over the Sydney side. Mm. Anyway, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Adam. Good to see you again, James. Adam. Thank you. And because we've been talking for about an hour, hour straight, I actually need to run to the toilet. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday. Have a good weekend.